0: Hello, Mississippi and abroad, and welcome to Justify Your Existence, the podcast that talks SEC through the lens of Mississippi. I am Parrish Alford, the Ole Miss beat writer, with the Northeast Mississippi Daily Journal, and I'm joined by Christian Bird, our recruiting analyst. We're going to talk some basketball recruiting and more. Uh, Before we get there, we want to thank our partner, the Oxford Park Commission. Uh, We thank OPC for coming along for the ride with Justify Your Existence. And the Ole Miss Facebook group. Uh, that's Ole Miss Discussion with Paris Alford on Facebook. And OPC is looking for lifeguards right now. The pool will open Memorial Day weekend and will remain open through Labor Day. <clears throat> lifeguard candidates must be at least 16 and must have a current lifeguard certification. For questions, email OPC Aquatics Director Jamie Chandler at jamie at Oxford Park Commission com. That's J-A-M-I-E at Oxford Park or just apply online at oxfordms.net. Softball and baseball registrations continue, but that's going to end soon. The deadline is April the 4th, just a couple of days away. Christian, how you doing, man?
1: I'm doing great, Parrish. How are you doing?
0: Doing all right, man. Maybe maybe we need to talk baseball recruiting too. This team needs some uh, needs some hitters, needs some needs a few more elite guys there.
1: Last night was tough, you know. It felt like they kind of ran into a buzzsaw. But I'll give Old Miss credit. This is the first time in a while where they haven't found a way to get it done. um, Obviously, so Florida's good. Um, I think they threw everybody for a loop uh, with the way they kind of switched their pitching rotation around, and they've got relievers starting and starters closing, and they kind of got stronger as the night went on. and we didn't look very good at the plate. I'll just leave it at that.
0: Yeah, I do think you're right, and Ole Miss deserves a lot of credit for how they have gotten it done uh, in recent games. Uh, but you, when you're just getting it done, when when getting it <laughs> done is 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 the phrase there, then you got to peel back the layers because that it, that means at other points during the game uh, there has been a struggle. And and the six and zero SEC start was great, but you go back to Uh, the Friday night Auburn game, uh, a scoreless Mm -hmm. game there for eight innings. And then you go to the uh, first game in the Alabama series when you're trailing three to one going into the ninth. you just, you know, and, and it's, it is to this team's credit that uh, they made the plays and, and got the hits and scored the runs in those games. Just need to see a little more consistency. And I, and I've mentioned this uh, on here before Christian, this team needs to, Find a way to hit starting pitching better. Not yes. that they're go- not that they're going to wear it out. You know, not not that they're going to do that. But they've got to manufacture runs better earlier in games. Uh, they're gonna they're gonna face better bullpens than they faced against Alabama, and uh, they're gonna face that this series against Florida. But uh, that's that's what I see. I mean, it's been been a great start for this team.
1: For sure. I, I don't disagree with, with any of that. Um, I think they could make it easier on themselves. But like I said, I, I think what well, I think we're all waiting to see now that we've got – we're seven games into the, the SEC series is yeah, I still can't give you an honest assessment of this team offensively, which is which is odd this late in the season. I mean, we've got some guys that are hitting over 300. We've got some guys that are surging right now. We had Elko who had a, a march that – will go down in those of legend, but the reality of it is, I think you're right. I mean, I, you know, we looked completely lost in the three games that you mentioned or last night, plus the other two games, the game against Auburn, the game against Alabama at the plate, we've really had some bad games that we found a way to win it it is like an, and I think you do have to peel back the layers and say, is there something there which you don't want to get on a streak of that happening. And so it's going to be interesting to see if Ole Miss continues to kind of grow into that offensive identity. And, um, I, and, and I, I don't, you know, they're going to have to shake it up. They're going to have to do some things different because last night just wasn't good. I mean, you never really felt Parrish like they were going to break through Um. And, and I think that's what worried me. we get on base, and then, you know, the bad swings, bad approach. It just wasn't a good – it was a weird night is the best way to put it. But I, I have the same concerns you do, and I think overall um, getting shot in a healthy – so that he can steal some bags maybe being more aggressive and getting on base um that getting that so important leadoff man that florida did so well last night over and over and over again getting on base you can take some different approaches to the plate and i hope we do that so
0: game two uh 5 today so uh, let's talk basketball recruiting a, a little bit uh this is that uh, that roster shuffling kind of year and it's just this is just the way it is i mean I think basketball above all other sports, Christian, uh, you know, baseball, your elite guys, you expect them to be gone after their junior seasons, but at least you got them for three years. I mean, basketball seems to be the the sport where there is the most uh, roster transition on an annual basis. And I just posted something in the group uh, a minute ago. I I saw uh, uh, Ross Dellinger from sports illustrated reporting that, uh, the NCAA is about to uh, really take up this uh, one-time transfer legislation, maybe pass that, uh, could go into effect within you know, weeks, uh, it looks like, if that's true. Or, because it's the NCAA, they could just kick it down the road again, kick the can. Uh, so you don't really know, but it looks like at least that's going to be discussed, and, and uh, while that's been rumored for so long, that may finally come to fruition, which will further... Uh, how basketball becomes this roster transition sport at this time uh, of year. But uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, about Ole Miss's transition. And clearly, uh, Kermit Davis is trying to bring in a scorer, bring in some athleticism, change the look of his team in the four spot at power yeah. forward. And I know uh, there's there's a hot rumor for a, a Jamin Breakfield, and it looks like uh, it's going to work out for Ole Miss, and he'll transfer from Duke. Uh, what what uh, what are you hearing along the Breakfield lines, and, and then we'll hit some others too.
1: You know, when it when it first, I guess he first entered the portal. One of the first things I like to do is I like to look at uh, other teams' message boards. Uh, other uh, things like that. And and I get it. Like, I mean, message board fans, look, I've, I've been one before. Uh, they carry their heart on their sleeve. Uh, they'll, they'll be down on a kid when they shouldn't just because he wants to do something different. Duke did not hammer this kid. Duke was disappointed to lose this kid. Um, they were, you know, hate this. This kid should have had more playing time, yada, 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 all, all of this. I mean, they, they were – they didn't want – Breakfield to leave. How many times have you gotten on and seen a bunch of, you know, I guess they're referred to as keyboard warriors say, don't let the door hit you on your way out when a kid transfers. You know, it, it's it's never the team's fault. It's always the kid's fault when he leaves. In this case, I didn't feel like Duke felt that way. Or Duke fans surely didn't feel that way, or the ones that I read did um, so it was a bad secret. <laughs> and where he was going to go out of the gate. I mean, it really was. It Everybody kind of knew the story. They understood that Ole Miss was really on the verge last time as well. And so it makes sense. Ole Miss is going to need, um, you know, another dynamic score, somebody to, you know, somebody with the ball in their hands a lot, especially at the end of the game um, it, with, you know, with what's turning over and what a perfect fit. Um, it is for Brayfield and, and, and Ole Miss. And, and, and I'm, I'm comfortable enough saying that I don't think anybody has better odds to land him, and I don't know of any other destinations other than hearing Michigan um, was trying to, to muddy things up. But I, I think Ole Miss is in a pretty good spot for a number of different reasons. And at the end of the day, it's exciting to think about what a player of his caliber can do if he blossoms into the player you think he can be. Um, at Ole Miss I'm using a lot of generalities and I'm using a lot of cliches but y- you know you mentioned something Parrish and, and not to, to to go down a rabbit hole here but we don't really let players develop anymore <laughs> with this transfer role. and 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 so it makes you wonder um, y- you know how long do you have when you come in uh, both as a prep player and as a transfer player and so you know I think When I normally say if the player comes in, period, to temper expectations, uh, I think Breakfield's coming in and they're going to expect him to produce the moment he gets here, Uh, should that go through. So that's an interesting way to think of it. But um, right now, to answer your question, um, I think Ole Miss is by far the team to beat. I can't imagine it not happening. But I'm interested to see what the expectations are when he comes in.
0: Oh, Christian! I think you all you know what the expectations are going to be. They're going to be unreasonable.
1: <laughs> but uh, well, you mean you mean a Duke player transferring to Ole Miss? With <laughs> unrealistic expectations?
0: Surely not. I, I, no, I, I think that's that's where this is headed. Um, you know, while uh, while you look at message boards when a player goes into the portal and and he may end up at a certain school, uh, I, I tend to look at the, at the stats and I try to read what was written about. Uh, his situation and maybe written about him and, and the vibe that I got was that this was a guy uh, Jamin Brakefield at, at Duke that uh, you know contributed that that hit a hot stretch during the season and and really yep. was was hitting shots and um and and was making big plays and, and then he fell off a little bit and and when right. he fell off other players elevated other players because at Duke you have other players. <laughs> you know, you, there's there's a lot of talent at Duke. Other players yep. began to play better, and uh, and take away his minutes, and that was kind of the vibe around the breakfield season at Duke. Now I look at him right now, and I see Kermit Davis really trying to find, and he just hasn't found it yet. Hasn't found that stretch four that jumps out and shoots threes, and also. Number one, makes threes, okay, because he thought he had that stretch four in Blake Henson. And and Blake shot th- shot a lot of threes, but uh, you, you, you right. gotta, you've you got to make them at a certain clip to, to really be respected out there. But it's not only threes. Uh, Kermit's best teams at Middle Tennessee had that guy who could go out and play on the perimeter and hit shots, but uh, was also savvy enough to – Put the ball on the floor, drive it, and attack the rim. You know, you have to be. You, you got to have both prongs there. You know, you you can't sure. you can't be just the three point guy out there. And Kermit has been searching for this player at Ole Miss, and he has not found it. I, I think it is unrealistic to <clears throat> expect to put on Jamin Brakefield, assuming that that he. Uh, does sign with Ole Miss, it's unrealistic to put the weight of expectations on him that he becomes that guy by himself. Okay. I I think that kind of production uh, right now for Ole Miss, look, if, if Brakefield comes and he's that guy, great. That's what you want. That's what you hope for. But I think more to the point right now, when you're trying to find that production, I think you got to find it in two players, maybe three. And, uh, and, and that's where, uh, that production comes from. Uh, as far as Brakefield signing with Ole Miss, I have heard. Uh, I have had someone use the words with me, done deal. Okay, sure. We'll see. Done, it's not done deal until it's on paper, and and then it gets uh, a little harder uh, to leave a program. So maybe Michigan comes in and messes things up. Uh, but it really sounds like Jamin Brakefield uh, will be uh, at Ole Miss.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. I, you know, one of the things it, it's worth noting is thinking about some of these players through the lens of what we know is returning. Um, so I'll give you a great example. I mean, the, the run that Jarkel Joiner had at the end of the season. Um, I mean, how important was that? Not only for Ole Miss to, to do some good things, but his confidence level. That's the type of thing from a scoring standpoint that could take a lot of weight off of an incoming player. Um, and, and so I, I just think once this roster shakes out, I think that we're going to be able to look at names. We know there'll be some new names. But I think I think we we'll have a pretty good idea of what Ole Miss has heading into the season. The, the tough part, and I think you saw this with this team this year specifically, Parrish, is that they didn't have a lot of time to develop any type of chemistry. Um, I think, you know, COVID – caused some issues. They had a long stretch where they are a decent stretch where they, you know, they had to shut things down. What's going to be important is the SEC is incredibly unforgiving in basketball. So good. It's gotten better. Um, They're going to have to figure out chemistry soon. And with an influx of players, depending on how many that is. And so it'll be interesting to see um, how many new faces show up. And, and, and what that means from a dynamic standpoint and who grabs the leadership role. I've got my ideas, uh, but there's going to have to be somebody that kind of takes a bull by the horns.
0: I, I want to bring up a couple of other possibilities here, but let's go back to the returners. You mentioned Jarkel Joyner. I wrote about yep. this uh, in the Daily Journal today in a column. Folks, you can find that at djournal.com. Look, Jarkel Joyner, I thought when he got to Ole Miss this year, number one, the – the uh, the commentary, the praise, the the excitement from the coaching staff, from Kermit and his yeah. assistants, for Jarkel Joiner before the season was like off the charts. I mean, they they yeah. really everything every time they talked about Joiner, they were super excited. Okay, all right, that's that's one. When the season started, I thought that he kind of looked like a Cal State Bakersfield player. Yeah, you know, he, he would he could make some plays. He could be good for stretches. He could be good for one game and then average for the next two. I mean, that that was kind of where he was. And that run he went on at the end of the season was impressive. And it came at a time when Devontae Schuler was kind of uh, petering out a little bit. Teams were figuring mm-hmm. him out, more focus on Shuler, and Joyner picked up that slack. But there was enough body of work for Joyner during the season to make you question whether or not he becomes – that Shuler level of player next year. Could happen, okay? Could happen, but he would need to take a big step. Shuler himself took a big step, okay? Because uh, before Shuler, there was and Tyree, all right? So right. so you could see that kind of development uh, for Jarkel Joyner next year, but if you're looking only at production and what these guys accomplished this year, and trying to put this team in the NCAA tournament next year, that's a stretch. Okay. Yeah, I
1: know. 100% agree with you there.
0: Yeah. Uh, and, you know, and we talk about development there. That's, that's a big word because I think you should be seeing more out of Austin Crowley right now. But uh, the one who has developed, we saw as the season went on, he got better and better with Sammy Hunter. If yes. Sammy Hunter takes that big step next year, I mean, if he takes a step, he looks like a different player. If he becomes consistently that, hey, I'm going to step out and shoot the 15 footer, I'm going to shoot an occasional three, and I'm going to go back in the post and, uh, you know, and put my back to the basket. Then I'm going to block some shots on defense. I mean, all of that is within reach
1: for him. It, it really is. He can, and he can, at times, he can play that stretch four that you mentioned. He's got the ability to play the stretch four. He's athletic enough to play the stretch four. He can play. He play a number of positions on the court. But he, when he, there were moments, Parrish, where he was doing those things, little spurts. Now they were much smaller sample size, but he was blocking shots, he was getting rebounds, he was hitting, he, he hit a few threes. I think if Sammy takes a step forward, um, that could be huge for this team. I, I think the reason I fi- I feel as though Jarkell is doing that, and I don't know if you felt this way, when he went on the run at the end, The level of calmness, it was almost like, oh, this is what I used to do. Okay. This this is what I've been telling you guys I could do. This is what I've done in practice for the last year and a half. This is this is who I am. It was almost like it was a release for him. And it looks that here's the great thing for Jarkel. It doesn't look awkward, it looks natural. His ability to create space and get a shot, his mid-range game, and when his outside shot started falling, you just knew, okay, he's a problem now because you cannot play off of him. And and I really feel like that's who he is from talking to people, more so than what we saw earlier. And and so he's, I think, the best candidate to take a big step forward, which I prefer – a backcourt player to do that, but I um, just from a leadership standpoint, but I really think there are some other guys like Sammy Hunter who collectively step forward, and, and we'll see what happens. Um, but the reason I go with Jarkel again, just watch him. It was it was relief. It, there was no surprise, but there was a sense of relief when you they would show the close-ups. Of him. He just looked like, okay, this is who I am. Finally, the shots are falling. It just took, I don't know, 95% of the season for that to happen.
0: Well, if there's going to be March madness and not March sadness next year, they have to have steps from these guys because if they don't, then you're talking about, one, depending on the newcomer, really depending on newcomers, which is which is never a good plan. There's always no. a period of acclimation. All right, but let's say the newcomer, the most talked about newcomer, Deshaun Ruffin, comes yeah. in and has that that dynamite season that so many believe that he will. All right, well then, if there is not the step from Joyner, if there's not the step from Hunter, then all you have done is subtract a scorer in Devontae Shuler and inserted a scorer in Deshaun Ruffin. I mean, you really haven't improved your big picture. So the development is going to be key in what they get done next year. But uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, the transfer season right now. The DJ Jeffries name is also big – Christian, uh, I hear a lot of buzz for him with Mississippi State. We're talking about uh, an Olive Branch kid, very productive at Memphis, who is now in the portal. Uh, but I've also been told that the door is open. There's still uh, uh, an outside shot that he ends up uh, at Ole Miss. What What are you
1: hearing? I, I feel like State's the team to beat. I mean, could something, could something happen? Yeah. I mean, we're, we're talking about, we're talking about the transfer portal here, so I've I've, I've been surprised before, but um, feels to me, just from talking to people, um, you know, the, the the first the first understanding in that conversation is, unless something else fairly drastic happens, this kid's headed to Mississippi State. So, I, I, again, I'm not saying the door's closed. I also don't think it's open very far. Could things change? Sure, but I mean, I, I would be surprised if if he wasn't in Starkville next
0: year uh what other names are you hearing I I know there's some buzz for uh uh the center out of uh, out of Miami uh let me find his name here or Brooks that's Uh, right you know so Um, and you were mentioning one or two others
1: yeah so no surprise that that Ole Miss is looking for uh you know a big man to get rebounds and clean up and Um, you know, I, I, I'd I'd heard there was a, an an ACC potential transfer, which, which, you know, from all intents and purposes appears to be Brooks at Miami. And and then there are a couple of guys, I think a couple of big 10 guards that are looking to move, they're looking at as well. And so, um, for, for the sake of not giving a name, I shouldn't, or that. I'm incorrect on, I'll I'll stick to conference, but there's definitely some guys at some big-time programs that are looking to transfer that I know that Ole Miss has been in contact with um, in the Big Ten, so there's an, uh, other possibilities there, but but, Parrish, let's just say for a second that Ole Miss pulls a kid like Breakfield from Duke who we know contributed and had a good run. Let's say that they add a big man uh, from, you know, an ACC school. And then let's say they grab, I don't know, a, a guard, whether that guard starts or just gives them depth. That completely changes the makeup of of the team. Um, and while they are newcomers, do you think that experience, do you think that experience playing on a high level is enough to project them forward maybe a little farther than than we're giving them credit for?
0: You know, I think it could really change the makeup, as you're saying here. The big, the bottom line is, where do your points come from? Right. Who who will be your scorer, okay? Um, if we're talking about the level of player that Jarkel Joyner was this past season, then whoever you bring in, and if it was some dynamite transfer who was going to come in and score 15 to 17, that name would be out there. So right. – uh, I'm sure there are a number of, uh, of Big Ten guards and or other conferences. There are a number of guys that might be interested in moving. Whoever you bring in can't be a three-points-a-game scorer. Uh, they need to be a nine-points guy, okay?
1: Agreed. If, if,
0: if yep. they're not, not going to be uh, 17 points, then you, you got to bring in somebody who's going to hit some shots, who's going to be respected by the defense, who's going to change spacing on the floor, and that's going to make it easier for a guy like Jarkel Joyner, who uh, who, who likes attacking the rim, who likes playing uh, in the paint, and, uh, and, and that's a big part of his game. So, I mean, you can't bring in a guy and just say, well, he's going to be a backup point guard, and he's not going to turn the ball over, and he's going to get three assists a game. Um, I think whoever they bring in at that position needs to be able to shoot because, frankly, they thought that uh, Matthew Morrell was going to shoot more last year. And uh, for people who are uh, all set on the notion that uh, Deshaun Ruffin is going to come in and average 15 or 17 and be a one-and-done type player, look, uh, Matthew Morrell was rated uh, equally as high, Uh, you know, and they they really thought they were going to get more from him and may yet get more from him uh, next year. Uh, but look, NCAA tournament teams have impact freshmen, and uh, the impact was marginal for Murrell in his freshman year. Uh, I'm still still would like to see more from uh, Crowley. Okay, it's been two years now. We talk about development and getting better. Uh, he's he's a guy that you you can see you can see the skill, you can see the athleticism, you just don't see the consistency.
1: Yeah, I think a lot of I think a lot of it is incurment system specifically. Um, if you don't play defense, you're not on the court. And I think that we have a lot of really good defenders, but I think that it's for, for our scores. It's taken time to be a defensive first team, um, and and that takes something out of you energetically. Um, I mean that that playing defense <laughs> the way we play defense. Is extremely difficult. It really helped at the end of the year specifically, um, but I think that, you know, it, it. You in the past, it has felt like historically you had guys who could defend and you had guys who could score. You had a healthy mix of that. You had a pretty good team. Here, if you can't defend, you don't play. Um, I, what I would say to that, and I agree with you wholeheartedly, is to, to expect for a player to come in now and be a one-and-done player it, is really tough. Um, I mean, you just – I didn't feel like I saw as many of those players across college basketball this year. The second thing I think is you know, you're right, wherever Ole Miss finds these points, and I happen to believe it, it will have to be a collective effort. What it feels is happening to rosters across the country is you have your core, you, sh- for whatever, this is by and large, not all the time, but you have players that are marginal contributors, um, maybe a few big contributors and then players you think you may have missed on, and that's what's in the portal. And so there is a constant flux of developing a core and bringing in players to contribute um, that have experience every year, and so the dynamic of everyone's team is changing. And so I, I don't think Old Miss is necessarily any worse off than anyone else in terms of adding new dynamics and what will come in because I think this is the new norm. But I think that Ole Miss is going to have to find those points, and if you pin those on a freshman or a transfer, and ignore people like Austin Crowley and 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 some of those other guys, Sammy Hunter developing, I think that's a recipe for disaster. I really do.
0: Yeah. yeah, I I agree. I agree. Development is uh it it's key, and and you can't look. Nobody's giving up on Matthew Morell. You know, I, I think that – no, not you know, at all. Yeah, Want want to see this guy take a step development. Uh, is key. Folks, that'll wrap us up for this edition of Justify Your Existence, the podcast that talks SEC through the lens of Mississippi. We thank Christian Byrd for being with us. Be sure to check out our work at djournal.com. Find that drop-down menu on the left, scroll down to the Ole Miss page, and watch the stories flow. We're on Facebook as well, Ole Miss Discussion with Parish Alford. Lots of good things going on there in the group. Thanks for being with us. Come back and join us Monday.